2: Welcome to Bottoming, the LGBTQ mental health podcast about rock bottoming and beyond, kindly sponsored by Joe Malone London. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at bottomingpod or visit bottomingpodcast.com
3: for more content relating to each episode.
2: We've also added a support page to the website to direct you to the right place if you're struggling or need someone to talk to.
3: Thanks for listening and don't forget to subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts. Happy birthday to you. <laughs> Happy birthday
2: to you Oh my god that is such Happy a big boy.
3: Happy birthday dear Matthew. Happy birthday, birthday
2: to me. You. And also Brendan Ferry this morning.
3: You have to blur. Light your candles. Did you make a wish?
2: Yeah. Okay, good. A little bit after I meant to, but I agree.
3: Right, should we try it?
2: Wow. Is this bigger than the last one? Yeah. Oh, how are we going to eat this? With forks. Straight from the table. If this goes on my jeans, that'll be a nightmare. Oh that marshmallow was so delicious. Mmm.
1: Okay.
3: Yeah, give me a fork.
2: (laughs) That was delicious. Thank you so much.
3: You're so welcome. Well, so the first 10 minutes of recording is just eating cake. Let them eat cake. <laughs> that was A- ASMR. Okay, then. Okay. Hello, I am Matthew. And I am Brendan, and our pronouns are he and him.
2: You are listening to Bottoming. This is season three, and this is the first of some very special LGBT History Month episodes.
3: Yeah. Thank you for enjoying us just eating cake. That was delicious mm-hmm. for Matthew's birthday. Mm-hmm. Um, but the first episode of this Uh, series. We've got The Mm Logbooks who we've really loved their podcast since it came out. Mm -hmm. Um, We had the pleasure of speaking to Tash Walker and Shivani Dave about the process of making it, some of their favourite parts Mm -hmm. and loads of other stuff.
2: Mm. And it's quite a momentous occasion for them at the moment as well because they've just finished season three um, which is going to be the final season because they've run out of physical logbooks to do the podcast from um, and it's all digital so um, if you haven't come across them before or listen to them, we'd highly recommend after this going over and listening mm-hmm. to them. So we are gonna do things a little bit differently this history month. If you were around last year, you know we did weekly episodes. Um which we love doing it was fantastic. But it was a lot of work. It was a lot of work It was loads. <laughs> um so the way we're doing it this time is we're gonna release the same number of episodes, however we're just gonna condense them a little bit like the World AIDS Day episodes. Mm-hmm um so you lucky sods again get two episodes today released at the same time so lucky. packed with gorgeous conversations mm. so um yeah stick around for part two afterwards where we will continue some of the conversations around the log books um with Adam Smith who is um also one of the co-hosts of the log books and has just released his first book um deep sniff about the history of poppers mm. so we get deep. Deep, deep into that conversation in episode two, so stick around. Cool
3: how, how have you been otherwise? Because uh, last week was a big week for you. <clears throat> it was announcing to the audience your me return to bottoming. Yeah, your return to me.
2: Um, yeah, I'm okay. I have been trying to take things slowly because obviously I had a period of time from really doing that much, so it's it has been <clears throat> quite a significant adjustment period. I've definitely felt the medication doing its work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I'm being stretched on that front, but <clears throat> yeah, generally I feel okay. Um, I got some quite exciting news this week, which I will discuss maybe in some future episodes. Um, it's got to be secret. Because it's a, it's a secret at the moment. But yeah, it, it should definitely, I think, help me get on the way to feeling generally better this year. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm quite excited generally about this year. I think the new year change definitely helped me. Kickstart and um, things. I also had my last counselling session as well. Um, since we last spoke, and also we went to Liverpool. Oh yeah. Since we recorded, so it has been. Um, there's been quite a few things going on. Mm. But yeah, it's um, I'm doing. I'm doing okay. How are you doing?
3: Yeah, I'm good. Yes, yeah. Um, back to uni. Mm. Going full speed ahead. Mm-hmm. Just doing my ethics application for my research. Um, hopefully everyone that is listening. Or a lot of people that are listening will be able to be involved in that in some way. But um I'll be able to tell you more in a couple of months, hopefully when things have gone through. Um but yeah, otherwise i have been pretty good. We said bye to the cats. They're oh, officially yeah. gone. Oh <sighs> which was actually really sad. But um we're gonna be fostering more cats mm-hmm. because they need They homes. need, love and, support, they need yeah. love and support while they get back on their feet.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> We had a nice trip to Liverpool, didn't we, actually?
3: I, yeah, really yeah. enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um,
2: it we, was a very quick, not even 48 hours.
3: That's the thing. I think 36 it was, hours. I've never seen Liverpool as an adult. I'd, I'd only been when I was a kid um, as a, on a school trip to the town, mm. And he, that as well would have been a quick. Yeah. Um, because we're on a coach and stuff like that. <laughs> But this was as much as I loved it, it was very busy. Yeah, like next it was. time we go, I want it to be maybe like just a nice full weekend. Even just a full weekend.
2: Yeah. But, but we went up there very last minute for another very exciting project that we can't talk about yet. No. But we will be able to hopefully very soon. Yeah. Um when we share that. But yeah, it was for all good things. And we had the gorgeous breakfast with my nan and grandad. Oh, Bless them. So It sweet. was really they gorgeous, loved Gina. actually. Did they? Damien yeah, I then told me, I'll oh, forget the word she used. Gay. I told her she was a liar. <laughs> it was something along the lines of a really sweet, intelligent boy. Oh. And I said, mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she hadn't had a tea yet. So. Got <laughs> some nerve.
3: Oh, another thing. When this comes out, you will have turned... <gasps> 21
2: plus eight yeah i'll be 29
3: do you feel good about this next year do you feel like there's any rush to kind of get things done before you turn 30 because there's this whole thing about like well there's this whole thing in terms of like horoscopes and stuff that the moon coming back to where it, the position it was when you were born and like how it's a transitional period mm-hmm. and you know feeling like you're gonna get things done or mm-hmm and also when you're when you're a kid you see like this is 30 you assume it's like this old age yeah (laughs) which you try and make out that it is
2: I'm just playing it's very young it's so young yeah but do you feel any pressure no not at all (laughs) no I actually and I've, I've seen a lot of people that I've been friends with or know of that have had like very intense periods leading up to 10, 30 but no with age I've never been I've never been that concerned about it to be honest um yeah, I do make tons of jokes about you turning 30 because you're forever a year older than me, but we're both still absolute babies. I'm excited to kind of leave the 20s behind. Oh, right, yeah. Because yeah. it's, it's been a very intense 10 years. Too much to us. Yeah. Um, the same as like last year, I was able to a certain degree like, let go of it because we went into a new year. I always find those types of changes quite important. So that's what I work with it anyway. Mm. But no, I'm not scared to turn 30 at all. But I've still got under 12 months so hopefully in that time i'll be death free which has been a big stress for me 20s Um, i'd like to get a dog as well i'm saying on this to manifest and also have some accountability so that <laughs> so it happens but hopefully by the end of the year tick tick tick
3: well if we talk about accountability when i was 25 i said when i turn 30 i'm going to put myself on the register to adopt a child now i am 30 no way will i include a child in my life now or in the next 10 years probably yeah i do not want to i i'm actually drawing closer to the the acceptance that i'm probably not going to be a dad and that's fine
2: yeah i think we'll cover that in another episode because that's quite a big one isn't it yeah i shut you (laughs) (laughs) off. So, as you mentioned, this episode, we're chatting to the Mm logbooks. So, Shivani Darvey and Tash Walker.
3: Who, you might recognize her voice because Mm -hmm. she was on the very, well, our very first guest Mm -hmm. in season one, which was season one, episode two. And it was all about Outlook, Mm -hmm. Uh, if I remember correctly. It's because she was and still is working at Switchboard LGBT. um, And so she was talking about um, the types of conversations they were having when people
2: call in mm-hmm. uh, to Switchboard. It was just a nice full circle moment, wasn't it, to chat again? It was. Because between when we caught up and initially interviewed and then now they've released three seasons of The logbooks. So mm. um, it's obviously given a real in-depth look at the history of Switchboard and also the, the LGBTQ community.
3: Which is actually <clears throat> a bit of trivia. We were at that talk which Adam mm-hmm. approached Tash mm-hmm. about The Logbooks because yeah. it was a history of... We went to see at Bishop's Gate Institute. Bishop's Gate. We were. And How's uh,
2: that for history for you? Uh, <laughs> aggressive. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was a pleasure speaking to them and finding out a bit more about the process. Yeah. Um, and also how they've handled their own mental health as well, because a lot of the topics that they cover, obviously given the timings of it from the 70s through to the early 2000s, have been quite intense. Mm. So here they are.
4: I'm Tash Walker. My pronouns are she, they. I am one of the presenters and producers of the Logbooks podcast. Uh, I'm also one of the co-chairs at Switchboard uh, and have just started a new podcast production company with Adam and Shivani called Art Nell uh, off the back of our little child, the Logbooks podcast.
5: And I'm Shivani dave with They Them Pronouns and I... I'm one of the co-producers of The Logbooks and one of the co-founders. Are we calling ourselves founders? (laughs) Sure. Go with it. Chic. One of the co-founders of Aunt Nell. I do lots of bits and bobs of radio things and broadcasting. And Aunt Nell is my home for that.
4: AKA non-binary icon.
2: (laughs) we'll make sure that's in the episode bio yes thank
5: you so i have to pay tash to say it because it's a bit conceited <laughs> if i say it about myself
4: yeah i i've actually just got the monzo uh acceptance <laughs> combination of that money so thank you
2: um so how does it feel now that you've just kind of finished season three which for anyone that hasn't listened um, is the last season of the log books how are you both feeling
5: all of the emotions um i'm so happy that we went on this journey. I'm proud of being able to share those stories. I'm proud of how people have responded to the stories. I'm overwhelmed with joy of finding this community and being able to be part of creating this community. But I'm devastated. It feels like an end to some degree. Um, but that's not the case. It's always a, a point of evolution. Um, it's. It's an emotional roller coaster, just like each and every single episode of the logbooks. Mm. So there's no one word to sort of capture all of the different emotions I'm feeling. Mm.
4: Yeah, I I would agree with that. It's it's certainly been uh, an emotional ride. I I feel yeah the same as Shiv. Super grateful, also a bit in shock that um, we've sort of finished and 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 made this podcast. Just thinking back to you know, coming across the logbooks in the first instance Mm. and reading those entries um, and now looking at how we've managed to share that history is just, it it really does give you pause for thought, but it also Mm. reminds reminds us all, I think, how important it is to share the history and what an impact that can have. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, as much as we can say we've created the logbooks podcast, these aren't our stories, they're part of our history. Um, But all we've done is given them a platform, a platform which they've never had before, which just leans into everything that we believe in that's at the core of all of our um our morals and ethics in the logbooks podcast between Adam Shiv and myself, and I know you two share this, and that's that you know these are stories that should be shared it's part of our history and it, and it's all about giving a platform for those for those memories mm-hmm. to continue to live on to live on past the moments they were alive or in or or in in the switchboard logbooks you know Mm. it's about how can we keep talking and sharing for the future so uh yeah to to sum up um i I do feel really really happy but i also feel quite quite sad too but it's not it will never be the end yeah (laughs) just like a good folk song it will carry on for years
3: (laughs) so thinking about back to when um everything started i know you just mentioned when you first came across the logbooks themselves um, what drew you to the podcast format and how did you develop the structure of the episodes?
4: Yeah, okay. So um, I think I first met Adam when he came to see me do a talk on my research and findings from the actual physical logbooks in the archive. And at that point, I was looking into doing um, some kind of oral history project, something around capturing these memories of the people who'd called board who'd listened to those calls, uh, the volunteers, the callers, people who have memories of that time. And then Adam uh, approached me and said, you know, this sounds like a podcast, I think it could really work. And it just made so much sense, especially when you think about the way in which um, podcasts are kind of similar to phone calls. They're directly into your ear. It's very rarely, some people do, but it's very rarely that you listen to them on a, on a speaker. It's often through headphones, which is how we have those conversations on the phone. It leans into this intimacy, which really naturally reflected the stories that we were sharing just that conversation between two people, mm. the podcast and the listener, was so similar it felt to the caller and the switchboard volunteer. So we uh, we felt like that was the perfect medium, and and not to have too much of uh, an interview style, having the stories and the memories interwoven between them, um, and then us sort of guiding the listener on that journey makes it, I think, feel even more intimate. Again, trying to echo that telephone call that opening up and sharing of those memories and 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 how we set about doing the format um lots and lots and lots of (laughs) conversations um and lots and lots and lots of meetings we went through the logbook entries we split it into different time periods so we've had three seasons the first season is 70s early 80s second season is majority of the 80s early 90s and then the third brings us up to 2003 when the logbooks finish and what we would do is read the logbooks Adam would read them for the first time I would reread them and then we would collate them into themes Mm. so what were the most popular types of calls what were people reaching out to switchboard for throughout this period of time because we didn't want it to be necessarily chronological although we did group that in a chronological season Mm -hmm. setting because one day you can get a call on someone coming out and the next day you can get a call from someone who whose partners just died and and it really is that up and down you have no idea what's going to come next and so we tried to do that with the themes mm-hmm. of, of each episode uh, and then and then we would just go and interview these incredible people um and sit with them i always got carried away for hours and hours and hours <laughs> so much audio uh, and just ask them questions and just listen to them and uh yeah it was i mean just one of my favorite things was just all of those interviews that we did mm. and then we would edit those interviews down um to match with the themes of the logbooks and then we would spend lots and lots of times talking about that, what are we going to say? what comes next? how do we work it flow? how do we work it? how does it flow? So you know it's it's you know our our blood, our blood runs in this podcast, um yeah, very much so
2: mm-hmm. and Shivani, just to add to that, I guess you're not a voice on the podcast. you obviously do a lot of the production behind it, don't you?
5: I mostly work with Tash and Adam in the studio, and with scripting, and and with helping them uh, transition between some of those um, really mm. joyous moments to sometimes really heartbreaking moments, and and occasionally sort of work with them and setting the tone and and striking the right balance with uh, scripting and things like that. And um, it's it's really an interesting place to be because we as the three of us you know all have these same ideas Mm. of why we wanted to make this podcast and what we wanted to get out of it and um so I think initially because Tash and Adam didn't know each other very well I didn't know either of them (laughs) well at all either and um initially I thought oh, I'm going to be the person who has to, like, tear them apart when they're fighting. (laughs) There's going to be big ego battles about who gets to, you know, speak more on the podcast. And it's been none of that. It's been a really beautiful, like, collaborative effort where we've all just tried to do the best thing. And it's always a bit of the the yes and culture like yes that's a really good idea and how can we make sure that this is the yeah. clearest and the most you know sensitively handled way of scripting an episode or talking about these issues that we perhaps might not have lived experience of but obviously yeah. want to deal with it in the best way um and it's it's been great actually i think my job's been been pretty fun i've enjoyed it
2: <laughs> and in terms of what you were and this is for both of you especially like when You were preparing to launch the very first episode. What were your expectations? And then kind of compare that to right now, three seasons on. You've won an award. You've had, like, the most insane reception. How have those things been for you?
5: (laughs) So I think when we first started, um, we were making this podcast for us and for people like us. So people who are potentially... um, queer or allies um and interested in our history and um honestly i think i can speak for the three of us when i when i say we we didn't expect it to be quite this you know quote unquote Mm -hmm. successful Mm -hmm. and it's kind of blown us away you know we've got listeners in countries where LGBTQ plus resources and um, services are virtually non-existent in places like the UAE, mm. um, places like you know all, all over the world, Southeast Asia, um, the Middle East, certain countries in Africa where there might not be resources like Kenya, for example. And I don't think we ever expected that, mm. and I don't think we ever expected to get quite the um amount of feedback from listeners as we have um sort of sharing how they found the logbooks to be such a powerful tool for them to learn their own history but also to feel somewhat educated to be able to talk about these topics with mm-hmm. other people so we've had teachers reach out to us and we've had people of, of all different um age groups and and different backgrounds but one that really sticks out to me is a, a slightly old woman who said that she'd never seen like stories like hers or oh. from that generation of lgbtq plus people being represented and being seen and she'd never heard these things being talked about before and that i i just never thought that, that would happen mm. but um it's yeah it touches me
4: yeah, I I just wanted someone to listen to it that wasn't my mum, really. <laughs> That's the main thing.
2: Um, I think we both get that. <laughs> I
4: think yeah, it it was like she, everything that she said like completely second and echo. Um, I I was such a ball of anxiety. Um, season one, I remember ringing Adam. As soon as I thought it was okay to call him, like six fifteen a.m., and just being like, "Oh, I, I've just had all of these thoughts. I don't think that we've included this in this." And he'd be Like, yes, we have, Tash. Yes, we have. I was like, okay, fine. Okay, fine. Uh, um, I think that we just felt such a weight of responsibility over um, these incredible shared memories that people mm. trusted us to not only tell us but to share in the right way. You know, mm. we didn't. Uh, we don't want to over-edit something. We we want it to be in the words of those people who spoke to us and 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 you know and look after it in that in that moment and and like Shiv said it's amazing when people it's just that it's just that that they are hearing their stories for the first time ever Mm -hmm. and one that jumps out to me from the latest season shiv you'll remember this as well is that we received a message from a listener who has been listening to the podcast all the way through the seasons and it was about the episode on disability and she wrote to us and just said I never in my life ever thought that there would be someone out there making a podcast, Mm. not just mentioning it, but a whole episode on disability and being queer Mm. and and like referencing the fact that I use language such as able-bodied in the episode. And it means so much to us because we really do think about these things so much and we really care about all of the topics. And I think um, that's something that I hope shines through in each episode because it is about our history, but one of the main things that I believe and And I know I can speak on behalf of Shiv and Adam, is that in order to push forward for a better, more equal, more inclusive future, we have to look back in the past. Mm -hmm. And we have to pause and reflect on what hasn't changed. I know, celebrate what has, but what hasn't changed, why hasn't it changed? And it's it's not just it's you know, there should always be a continual pursuit Mm -hmm. (laughs) for perfection because you'll never get there, but the whole point is the journey.
2: Yeah.
5: For sure. I think also that that listener, that listener who um who emailed us sort of saying how they were really happy about the representation of the the fact that they are both disabled and lgbtq plus and the nuances of navigating both of those spaces mm-hmm. did call for a whole podcast on lgbtq plus disability mm-hmm. um culture and lifestyle and and the issues that they face as well and i feel like if anybody's out there listening to this and they want to fund us to make that podcast yes. with that listener then okay. you know <laughs> email me dm me i'm a man's I'm <laughs>
3: <laughs> so obviously coming to the end of season three and the, well, the end of the podcast it offers a great chance to reflect on all the stories that you've shared um have there been any it's probably going to be impossible to pick but are are there any that stick out to you as most memorable for the two of you
4: um oh i hate that question yeah all of them them. i think um there's one moment that really struck with me and it's partly because i did the interview i think um but we we interviewed someone called steve who was a volunteer at switchboard and we interviewed him in season two um, he was a volunteer who found out that he was HIV positive um, they used the language antibody positive back then and we found a series of letters in the log books where he comes out as such starting off as an anonymous positive person and moves through and ends up leaving Switchboard I didn't know if he was still alive, I didn't know where he was his entries are just so full of feeling and mm. um, felt like they could have been written today and then We found him and I spoke to him. He was uh, this in the height of COVID isolation on Zoom. He's in a a small village in Wales. And when he was rereading one of the logbook entries, in the note that he'd left in the entry, he talks about breaking down um, at this group session he was in because with other HIV positive people. So this is in the 80s and someone hugging him, even though it was a stranger, was just so powerful, and then he cries when he's talking to me about it. And I'm on Zoom, I'm looking at him, I'm sobbing. I can't touch him, all I wanna do is hug him. Such an isolated moment, reflecting on such an isolated moment. Mm. Um, So that was a really powerful moment for me. At the end of that interview, which was like, uh, we did over a couple of days, hours and hours with him. I I said, it had been such a privilege to interview him. (laughs) He was like, oh, for God's sake. (laughs) And it's just, that's just such <laughs> an essence of all of them. Like not, every single one of the people we spoke to are just amazing. They just don't even yeah. know why we, why we're interested in their stories. Mm. Um, but that, that was a really powerful moment for me um, a, a, among all of the other amazing interviews and logbook of entries and, and things that I've learned, like the custody battles in the seventies for predominantly lesbians or bisexual women, um, right the way through to language around transgender and gender non-conforming um, people where you can see these logbook entries. There's one that um, we share in the in the third season where the volunteer is obviously trying to grapple with the thing around pronouns and starts off the logbook entry talking about a trans woman and using he, he, she like in their writing. Then they go on to they. And then by the end of the logbook entry, they're using she. So it's almost like they've gone on this pronoun journey mm. throughout the logbook entry, which is so fascinating when you think about what we're doing, with we- the way that we talk about pronouns today. Mm. Um, anyway, Shiv, over to you.
5: I think one of the one of the stories that stick out in my mind is from the first season and it's like episode 2 it's like one of the first ones but it's just something that I found that I really connected to right at the beginning of the logbooks when this was just a sort of seedling still and we were working on it and we had we hadn't I listened to this episode and I we hadn't published any of them I had no idea what the reception was going to be or the other stories that we'd find and the the kinds of people that we'd get to talk to and meet along the way. But this one is the story of Lynn and Elaine, who are my all-time favourite. And Tasha's laughing because I've told this story so many times. They both called Switchboard in the 70s, seeking to find a group or a place where they could meet other lesbian women or other women who were interested in women. And they both just talk so casually about that first night when they met. And they're still together all these years later. (laughs) And firstly, that itself is like, I think I was going through a breakup at the time. I was like, oh, my God, there is love out there. Um, But... They're still together and they talk about, you know, um, turning up to gateways with a fur coat and an oversized bag and not realizing that that wasn't lesbian fashion (laughs) at the time and not like not knowing what they were doing in the space and kind of working through that and navigating the space together and being with each other. And you can hear how much they love each other as well as they talk about that. And oh, my God, that story just makes me... Leap for joy so much inside my heart. And then when we were launching season one, we had a small gathering, and Lynn and Elaine both were able to come. And so I literally walked up to them, and I think Adam said, Lynn, Elaine, this is Shivani. They're obsessed with you. <laughs> and I literally said, Can you adopt me, please? Oh. And they didn't say no. So I'm I'm waiting for the paperwork.
2: I mean, it's COVID's probably delayed day. it slightly, hasn't it? It's probably, the, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's caused a bit of royal mail.
5: <laughs> <laughs> it's always royal mail. I'm sure it's on the way.
2: Um, as you mentioned, you kind of, the way that you put the podcast together meant that you kind of went all over the place with themes. There's been some really intense episodes some really quite upsetting episodes as well being the people behind that producing that obviously we're a mental health podcast so we wanted to to get this side of it as well combining the history and that and that how did you all cope with those sorts of things and kind of I guess the process that you find yourself going through to look after yourself because a lot of that stuff is not just like light touch sadness some of it was really quite quite deep
4: yeah um it's really hard lots of lots of crying. Yeah. I don't think there wasn't an, an inter season two particularly because of many things, but it covers things like section twenty eight HIV and AIDS crisis, media mm. uh hostility, many powerful um topics it was particularly difficult and we were going through a global pandemic yeah. um and a parallel which I've not really thought about until this moment, but I was also trying to keep switchboard alive today. Um, and when we went into lockdown, I was working every day trying to keep the helpline open, um, and then make this podcast, um, and listen to all of these entries and read the current call reports about people being kicked out in Mm -hmm. lockdown and, and all of these things. Um, so it, yeah, it's super, it's a lot, it's a lot, but I think the most important thing for us was to talk to each other, we mm-hmm. always spoke to each other, we would check in constantly, we would take breathers, take breaths, we would like think about how we were making these episodes and think about how it was affecting us and try and help the listener in that, taking a pause if necessary, breaking up episodes into more than one mm-hmm. um, if necessary. but one thing i've learned over my many years <laughs> and also like openly having my own journey with mental health is that. Sometimes you just have to sit with it and, and let whatever's happening come up and let yeah. yourself feel those feelings and just, and just let it happen. And then slowly and surely you, you do start to feel a bit clearer about why you're feeling those things and, and just mm. time. So that's, I think that's what we always try to do with each other is to support each other, listen to each other. We check in before every meeting. Um, and I was, I was going through a particularly difficult time in my life during this as well. Um, and I remember both Adam and Shivani turning up at my door, bringing cakes and treats just to sort of let let me know that I was thinking of them. So the only way you'll get through anything is by being supported, but more importantly, letting people support you, mm-hmm. I think.
5: Mm-hmm. For sure. I think, um, I mean, it really helps that through this journey, the three of us have become really good friends. I think of Tash and Adam more like family members where sometimes you know, we we might um, have a, a a tear for a dispute or find the other one really annoying because we'll have these really intense periods of time where we're recording and we're seeing each other so much and we're talking all the time every day. But in that same way that, like siblings, they can be annoying, I think they can also, um, you know, be the greatest strength and the greatest support there. So... That's that's really powerful. And that's really what's held us together as a group, I think. Mm. Um, I think as well, you know, we're really conscious, the three of us, about mental health struggles, either from having dealt with our own struggles or, or from seeing each other go go through particularly hard points in our lives. And we want to make sure that the listener is, is aware of what might be coming up in an episode so we always give content warnings Mm -hmm. to try and make sure that the listener understands that if this episode might be somewhat triggering for them then they don't have to listen to it or maybe listen with caution Um, and those are some of the things that we've tried to do to to consider the mental health of the listeners as well.
1: Mm -hmm.
3: So now uh, Adam's shown up I think we'll just skip to the last question which is what's next for art now
4: well we've got lots of exciting things um in the pipeline as they say uh shiv and i are working on uh one of our next big projects which uh, is called black and gay back in the day which is an amazing instagram account mm-hmm. um which uh, we managed to get funding from the audio content fund um, so at the beginning of making that shift you want to add anything to that
5: yeah we're at black and gay back in the day kind of gives you an idea of what it might be about <laughs> mm-hmm. um obviously we're not just going to be talking about gay life back in the day we're going to be talking about all lgbtq plus communities um but the instagram account is called black and gay back in the day and i feel like lots of people use gay as an umbrella term for the community as a whole still um and Besides that, we're working on a lot of different things that are sort of bubbling away and I'm not sure what we are and aren't allowed <laughs> to announce yet.
3: You're trying to talk through eyes. It's yeah.
5: I'm, I'm just saying it's really exciting yeah. and um, we can give you more info soon mm-hmm. and as soon as we can talk about it, my Twitter will let you know.
2: <laughs> That's exciting about um, the next series though because we interviewed... Uh, Jason and Mark for our Pride episode so that had such an amazing response when it mm-hmm. launched didn't it so I'm excited to see that given another form of life as well mm-hmm. kind of audio wise so amazing
5: yeah it's an absolutely beautiful archive that mm-hmm. they've managed to to put together and I'm really excited to start doing something mm-hmm. with, with the work that they've sort of curated and I know Tash is as well
4: yeah there's lo- lots coming up watch this space
3: That was a really lovely day actually wasn't it mm-hmm. speaking to those two mm-hmm. because we had uh, tash and shivani and then it was like a little crossover mm-hmm. and then adam popped up and we got to have a nice gorgeous chat with adam um yeah thanks for being involved in the episode
2: so if as you mentioned you haven't listened to logbooks you can find it on anywhere that you listen to podcasts um, and also if you want to check out aunt nell you can find them at aunt now underscore on twitter and instagram Mm -hmm. that's
3: a-u-n-t-n-e-double-l
2: underscore that is it for part one of this episode of this double episode i should say so we will not keep you any longer we'll give you a little break
3: have a cup of tea have a cup of tea (laughs) have a piece of cake
2: (laughs) and then we'll see you straight over for part two yeah to talk about poppers Okay, see you on the other side. Bye.
4: Hi, I'm Daniel,
2: founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has
4: superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.